Welcome into the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Patrick Allen here with you for our Chiefs post-game show. The Kansas City Chiefs victorious 27-17 to over the New England Patriots who were, uh, who were having a bad season there in New England, dropping, uh, I believe, to 3-11. and Who would have thought that about a Bill Belichick team? We're going to get you uh, a good breakdown of this game. Sports Illustrated's Matt Verderam is going to be joining me in just a moment. You know... Look, after two straight losses, if you're a Chiefs fan, you're gonna you're gonna take this. Um, you're not gonna li- you're not gonna like it. You're not gonna like a lot of the things that happened in this game. Although I do think there were some silver linings and some good things that we saw. But unfortunately for the Chiefs, the problems that they've been having all season long persisted in this game. Bad penalties, bad drops, drops and turnovers, drops leading to interceptions. We saw it again. Uh, you know, if you just glance at the box score in this one, you know, okay, Patrick Mahomes, 27 to 37 for 305 yards, average 8.2 yards, uh, two touchdowns, two picks. One of those picks wasn't his fault. Now, keep in mind, this is this is a Patriots defense that is quite good. They've been top of the league over, I believe, the last month or so, they said on the broadcast. Um, and, and the Chiefs did a pretty decent job. They racked up 326 yards. But again, it's it's not about the like when you're when you're watching this Chiefs team, it's not about the fact that it's not that there isn't talent there, right? I mean, there is some problems with talent, but it's not that the offense can't produce or move the football. They've got Patrick Mahomes, they've got Travis Kelsey, they've got Andy Reid, they've got Rasheed Rice now who's emerging. That's a silver lining. But the things that have been holding them back all season long, and these are going to be the things that eventually end their season if they can't fix them, are the penalties, are the drops. And it's just at this point, I mean, I've been pretty optimistic about this team. It's Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, like they're going to fix it. They're going to find a way. It just doesn't seem like it's going to happen as Matt Verderam joins us. Um Verderam, we were just we were just talking through it. You know, uh, this is kind of like a take your medicine game. If you're a Chiefs fan, it, it, it's good for you. It's a win. You needed it. You had to have it. But you don't necessarily enjoy it going down. Um, what were your thoughts on this game? Will the Chiefs ever figure out their offensive woes this season? No, no, they're just not that good. Like I think we're to the point now. We just like they are. They are. They're good, like they're good by like NFL standards. Like they're a good team by their standards. They're not a good football team. Their their lack of ability offensively is stunning. I mean, it is a stunning, stunning failure for everybody on that offense today. Not named Rice and Ceh. I mean, they just they're all terrible. They're. I mean, I can't get on Mahomes. You know, I mean, the first pick's on Mahomes. That that's just come. You can't throw the ball there, man. You just can't do it. The second pick is it's almost like a cartoon at this point watching watching this. I mean it's it's a joke how bad Canarius Tony is. I don't want to go too far down the, the the you know the negativity. I mean they won the game or anything else, but like what I mean look, you know, let's let's just call a spade a spade. We want to be honest, they stink on offense. They stink. This is an offense that it's gotta be a quick throw to rice, it's gotta be an off schedule play by Mahomes, or they gotta run the ball because they can't do anything else. I mean, even Kelsey today. Ball's right in your hands, man. It's a touchdown. You got to catch the ball. Like, he's been great for him for a decade. I'm not going to see him rip Travis Kelsey, but like, you got to catch it. The penalty on, on Rice in the first drive of the game. Like, we get, look, I, I don't think it was a great call, in, in, to be perfectly honest. But it, it, it just continues a trend of like, they take penalties and they can't get out of their own way. And Juwan Taylor takes a penalty and Juwan Taylor gets beat for a sack later in the game. And then, even in the third quarter, which was their best quarter of the game. They fumbled the damn ball twice on the same possession, and Kelsey drops a touchdown pass. Like, and, let, and listen, can we forever put to bed the idea that the officials are rooting for one team or the other? I mean, the officials were awful in this game on both yeah, sides. Right. Sky Moore was bailed out by the biggest phantom call in the world. Like, Rice was not held on that play. They get a call that bails him out. My biggest takeaway from this, if they don't bench Tony and Moore, I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, you're really to a juncture. They shouldn't play another snap the rest of the year. Either one of them. Yeah. Play play Montreal Washington. 
play Justin Ross, play Richie James more, any of them. To trot those guys out there is to light a bomb and just and just run around with it and hope that it doesn't go off because the fuse is faulty. I mean, you are begging for a catastrophe every single time they have the ball anywhere near them. It's crazy, but they just keep doing it. I mean, he was right back out there after he fumbled the ball and yeah. turned it into a pick. He was right out there again. Never stops. I'll tell you what I think they should do with Kadarius Tony. As I was sitting there and I watched him, his son. <laughs> as as I watched him drop another ball that hit him in the hands and he's get intercepted. Um, I thought I was about to tweet sort of like, Hey, you know what? Accountability is important. Just cut the guy, just cut him. And it's, it's accountability for everybody, right? If you do that, if you're Brett Veach, you're saying, Hey, I messed this up. I messed it up. I'm taking accountability. He's taking accountability. We're going to, we're going to set a tone. We're going to send a message that you need to produce or you don't get to stick around. But then the more I thought about it, um, I believe his contract is coming up. Um, so I would just, if if I was the Chiefs, I would stop using Kadarius Tony at wide receiver completely, completely. And I would use him out of the backfield, a handful of plays a game. That's it. That's it. That's I the only time I would use him. Because he, he he's they used him a little bit that way, and he was a little bit effective. And, you know, you need to be able to produce on the ground. You need to be able to keep teams a little bit off balance. But he just can't be trusted with anything else. But instead of cutting him, I say keep his athleticism, and maybe he can make a couple plays happen for you in those types of situations where the you know yes he could still fumble the ball. But I, I'm with you, man. I I, I I'm more shouldn't see the field again. Patrick, I'm to the point. Seriously, just 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 bench him, Paul. I, I don't even want to see Tony on a jet sweep. I don't want to see him on a on a bubble screen. I don't want him anywhere near a live football ever. I am to the point like you know what. Except what it is. He stinks. He cannot play. Like, it's not a personal attack. It's just facts. He cannot play. He is a net negative when he's on the field. Why do they continue to trot this guy out there? This is the same conversation we've had two, we had two years ago when they played Sorensen and, and Neiman nonstop. And I said here on this pod two years ago, look, if you're going to keep putting these guys out here and put them in these positions to fail, that is a team problem. That is no longer the player's problem. That is a team problem. This is a team problem at this point. It is clear and obvious they cannot function as NFL wide receivers. And yet, they are out there all the time. What Did Richie James do something to Andy Reid we should all be aware of? Put Richie James out there. The guy had 600 yards last year with Daniel Jones. If you adjust that for an actual receiver, he had 2,800. Okay, why... Does he not play when we just watch this complete tire fire over and over? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Sky Moore, he had one target today, did he not? One target, no catches. He only he fumbled the damn ball. It's yeah. unbelievable. You would think if you're one of those two guys, your only thought process would be, I can't make a game-killing mistake. I am about ready to be unemployed. I need to catch the ball. Nope, nothing. Just like, hey, I'm going to pop the ball up again. I'm going to fumble it again. And again, we talk about this every week. There is zero accountability for this. Nothing. Because God knows we're not going to get a quote out of either one of those two guys after the game today. We're going to hear how they're this close to fixing it. And then next week, on Christmas, no less, can't wait, we're going to get, hey, here's Sky Moore on a choice route. Hopefully he reads the defense the same as Mahomes. My God, nail them to the bench and be done with it. And it's Richie James or McCall Hardman when he gets right or Justin Ross when he's active. If they can't play better, fine, at least you tried. But stop trotting the same guys out there and thinking that something's going to change when you've watched 14 games of this calamity over. It's like watching Titanic and hoping the ending is different. Guess what? Leo's still going down. Yeah. That's the way it's going to end. Like to continue to do this, it's like watching that movie and going, maybe they get lucky this time. Maybe they missed the iceberg. You're not missing the iceberg. You're going to hit it. Stop playing them. Do you want a smart lock, a 2K cam and doorbell all in one? Now you can with Eufy, the Eufy Video Smart Lock E330. 
Easy to install. All you need is just a Phillips screwdriver. So easy that even I, yes, I figured out how to install it. It's a keyless entry, so no more fumbling for the keys, which, by the way, I didn't even have a key to my front door. Uh, yeah, I had to go through the garage, so I would be S-O-L if something were to happen, but not anymore with Eufy. It's keyless. You have no monthly fee, unlike other brands that charge monthly fees. Your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage, and the customer service is top-notch now. Let's be real. I didn't have to use it. I figured out how to use that Phillips screwdriver to install. Trust me, guys. I, I, I'm not lying to you. It is extremely easy. But if you have issues with your Eufy or installation, be rest assured Eufy's on standby for you 24-7 so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty. If you want to check it out, which I highly recommend you do, check out the Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com forward slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You know, the sad thing is Clyde Edwards-Alaire in this game had a better catch than Sky Moore, MVS, Kadarius Tony have had all year. Willie Gay had a better catch than they yes. had all year. Yes, he did. He did. Um, it's it is, and look, I know it's it's a win. So we want to be we want look. It's a victory party. We want to be celebrating. But just like the Chiefs on this podcast, we have championship standards, and we're we're analyzing the team through the lens of the expectations for the team. The expectations for the team is not to get to the playoffs and lose in the divisional round or, or find a way to claw their way to the AFC championship game and get blown out by a better team. The expectations for this team are to win a Super Bowl, and they have a lot of the components that they need to win a Super Bowl, but yeah. they have some fatal, fatal flaws. And that's why we're going to talk about that because it's not going to do us any good to sit here and, and delude ourselves into thinking that this was a, a good performance from the Chiefs. There were good parts of it, for yes, sure. No question. I mean, and, and let's, you know, let's, let's talk about that. I thought in the second half, defensively, they were great. The first half of the game, Bailey Zappi was, was giving it to him pretty good. Second half of the game, Bailey Zappi did absolutely nothing. I, I thought overall, I mean, Rasheed Rice, again, stopped fumbling it. He had the ball in the wrong hand, but he had nine catches, 91 yards, and a touchdown. Overall, look, you got to be thrilled with Rasheed Rice this year. I, I thought defensively, they did a very nice job getting pressure throughout the game, especially as it went on. I thought I thought that they, frankly, I thought Mahomes, I know you'll get a stat line and go two picks. I thought he played really well. I mean, yeah. the one pick is on him, and he cannot throw that ball. But other than that, look, I thought he played very well. CH had a great game. You want to give him his credit. I mean, the Chiefs do a lot of things well. That's why it's just so infuriating. That's why. 
Because you'll look at this team and you'll get this conference and go, my God, if they could execute it all, they'd go back to the Super Bowl. Like I see a lot of people, and I totally get it in the chat, who are like, it's a wild card exit. Listen, that could absolutely happen. But if you're honest with yourself, and this is why I'm so annoyed with them, they could win the Super Bowl, this team. If these receivers could do anything but be a net negative. Now, you could sit there and say, hey, but Matt, they're not going to be anything but a net negative, and that's fair. And I can't argue that. That's completely reasonable. But my point is, you don't look at the AFC and see anybody who's demonstrably better than them. There's nobody in the AFC who you – I mean, my God, they just outplayed Buffalo a week ago. It wasn't like you watched that game and went, oh, Buffalo's just better than them. They weren't better than the Chiefs. The Chiefs beat themselves every possible way in that game. Now, again, this is who they are right now. But it's that's why it's so frustrating. If we watched this and we were just like, look, man, they're just not any good, you'll live with it. What are you going to do? They're just not that good. They have a Super Bowl caliber defense. They have a Hall of Fame tight end. They got a Hall of Fame coach. They got a Hall of Fame quarterback. They got a good line. They got a great couple of backs. Like they got a really good young rookie receiver. This is not a team you look at and go, oh, there's just no hope. If there was no hope, I wouldn't I wouldn't even care. But like the reality is you do have to look at this and go, look, it's great that they won. They played very well defensively. That's excellent. But to watch it and say, you know, hey, look. What are you going to do? You know, we can't fix it. Like VJ says, these are two of the most negative people I've ever seen. They weren't saying, you know what, about Tony when he was when he was the Super Bowl, when he was winning the Super Bowl off that punt and touchdown. He's having a bad season. Get over it. Bro, I'm not getting over it. He stunk for 14 games. Like, I don't care that he caught the most wide-open touchdown in the world in the Super Bowl. Okay, you could have caught that touchdown. That's great. That's great. Uh, congratulations. He had a great punt return in the Super Bowl. And listen, everybody in the world, Gives him all the credit in the world for that. But, like, man, I don't care. It's 14 games ago. Yeah. Okay? I mean, at some point, like, you got to produce. Let's be real here. It's not like this guy has a long history. Of, he's not Travis Kelsey. Right. And he's just having a bad about? stretch of games and we're, we're, we're crapping on. He's never been good. He made some plays for this team last year, helped him win a Super Bowl. That made the trade worth it, no matter what happens from here on out. But this is this season. Like, MVS – they don't. They probably don't get to the Super Bowl without MVS and him, him being basically heroic in the AFC Championship game last year. That was great. I'll always love MVS for that. This year, he's toast. Toast. Can't do anything. Can't run routes. Can't catch the ball. Can't get open. That's it. That's what it is. This we're talking about this year. Uh, a couple of super chats to get to. Shout out to Graham Oldfather for the super chat. Appreciate your support. Shout out to our guy Rhett. Says nice to get the W. But that performance still wasn't good enough. What's a bigger disappointment? Our overpaid right tackle or our overpaid wide re- or or our over our receivers? Boy, Juwan Taylor. People are just dumb with Juwan Taylor. He's not. He's not been good, man. I mean, there's no other way to say it. Like, and I and I've been a big defender of like, hey, listen, when he's been out there and he hasn't been taking penalties, he's played pretty well. The last month, it's not even that. Like, he just he's just getting torched over and over. I I honestly wonder if they're going to cut him after this year. Like, I I don't think they do it, but. Uh, and we talked about this in my Super Followers chat. In fact, I think it was uh, a buddy of mine, Lucas, who brought it up. I want to give him credit. There's a there's a date in March where like a lot of his money guarantees for the second year. If they, I wonder if they just release him. I don't think they'll do it, but it's not improb. It's not impossible, especially the way Wanya Morris is playing. He gave up a sack day, but on the whole, I thought he did okay. Quite honestly, a lot of the pressure was coming from Trey Smith, who got smoked today over and over and over. And I'm not going to get on Trey. He played very well this year. He did not play well today. Um, and, uh, look, I mean, Juwan Taylor is just a human yellow flag at this point. Like I, and if he's not taking a penalty, he's just giving up a sack. It's, it's been pretty rough. Yeah. It's, it's very frustrating. I'm, I'm encouraged by Wanye Morris. Um, he's got some things he needs to work on, but like you put a lot of rookie third round picks out there and when they're not ready and they're, they're going to be bad, like really bad, like a huge problem. And a lot, I, you know, I have to go back and watch the tape, but a lot of what I noticed in this game was, they seem to have a lot of confidence in him. I didn't think that they were helping him quite as much as they had been in the earlier games. He was on an island a few more times. He does seem to get a little slow. He, he's susceptible to a speed rush on the outside. He's had a little bit of problem with that. It's something he's got to work on. He's got to kick out a little bit better. But by and large, he's done a pretty good job <laughs> stepping in here as a third-round pick. That That is really exciting if, if you're the Chiefs because you've got Donovan Smith. Who's who's played okay? You could look at bringing him back. You could draft somebody else. You, you've you've got some options if you've got one good young cheap tackle there for the future. So the, another another silver lining there is, and we got to talk about him is is Rasheed Rice. Um, I mean, what can you say about this guy? 
He's just continued to come along. Nine, nine targets in this game, nine catches for 91 yards and a touchdown. He's good with the ball in his hands. And I've seen a lot of people say, oh, the only way he can do anything is if they scheme him open. Like, you know, because he catches a lot of bubble screens and things like that. But he made he made some nice plays down the field in this game, too. Uh, in particular, when Mahomes was in trouble and, and got the ball to him and he caught that ball for a first down, had to go down and get it. He's doing a nice job. You worry a little bit about the fumbling occasionally there, but you, you'll take it with this group of people. Uh, he looks like Randy Moss out there compared to the rest of them. Looks like we've... Uh, no, no, we're good. I hit the wrong button. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I muted myself because I'm, I'm writing a little piece right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, Rasheed Rice has been awesome for the Chiefs. Like, even though, yeah, there have been some issues in fun. Look, he's been, he's been, he has been a godsend. Can you imagine what this team would be like right now if he wasn't there? Could you imagine what this would look like? Yeah. I mean, no, he's been, he's been awesome. He deserves a lot of credit. And this is an, an offense that typically, like, it's always a problem with rookies, right? Like, this is a, he has more receiving yards as a rookie than Tyreek Hill had. Like, he's been awesome. And by the way, so just to, um, to, to support that stat. So he has, I believe like 750 yards right now for the year. Uh, Tyreek had six something, but I want to pull up. So in the 2016 season, which was Tyreek Hill's rookie year, and I'm not, by the way, I'm not saying he's going to be Tyreek Hill. I'm not saying that. He's not going to be Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill had 61 catches on 83 targets for 593 yards, six touchdowns. Rice already has seven touchdowns. So 61 catches on 83 targets, and Rasheed Rice has. 68 catches on 84 targets. I mean, he's been excellent. He's been excellent. He's been really, really good. Is he going to be Tyree Kill? No. Could he be a pro bowler at some point in his career? Yeah, he could. Like he's, he's an excellent young receiver. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, I'm really excited about Rasheed Rice. And he, he just could continue to get better. If there's any glimmer of hope that they have, it's that he just continues along being this reliable option and that somebody else, anybody else steps up to be a consistent number two, and then they might actually have something. And I think next week, I mean, they won't do it, but they really should. Richie James and Justin Ross, just swap out all the routes, all the Sky Moore routes that you're running, all of those. You can keep keep having Watson do MVS routes. Get those two out there, see what they can do. You're, you know, you, you've, got, you've got a schedule of games that you should win against backup quarterbacks. You're going against Aiden O'Connell, uh, Jake Browning, who's been playing okay. And, and then the, the Chargers are just a, a complete tire fire at this point. So if you want to work some things out, now's the time. You know what you've got in those other guys. If it doesn't work out, you can always throw them back out there for their, you know, for their usual um, clown show. But why yeah. not? You know, Why not take these last three games and see if you can get something from these guys it's just, oh man, it's maddening. It's absolutely maddening. Again, um, and, and look again, like, okay, I gave my one rant for the dad on the second one at me, but like, look, as annoying as it is to watch these receivers, I'm not going to sit here and give the Chiefs a bunch of crap if they play Richie James and they play McCall Harden when he's back, and like they just don't play any better. Look, that point, that's on the roster construction. It is what it is. Like Andy's doing all he can. You deal with it, but. On, on on the point of all that, like Andy, at some point, look, dude, you just got to stop playing these guys. I mean, there is no way around it. It's not like you can sit here and go, "Well, hey, you know, they're 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 performing to the best of their capabilities, and we got to ride them." They're not. They're not performing to the best of their capabilities. And early in the year, I was the first one. I'll throw my hand up and say, "Hey, look, I remember after the Detroit game, I kept saying, hey, Tony's not going to have another game like that. Moore's not going to have another game like that. You got to keep feeding them. Like, it hasn't worked out." They've had more games like that. Now you got to just kind of move on. And, and to Arthur's question, why don't you guys mention Veach? Arthur, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I, I've not mentioned Veach a lot because the guy's done a phenomenal job. I mean, the guy's basically like on a Hall of Fame track as a GM. And they had another great draft, it looks like. 
or at least another good draft. Anyway, Rice and Morris, we'll see. You know, Connor looks like he can play. Uh, by the way, Nick Jones, that was a hell of a tackle on special teams. But, like, I guess I'm not getting on Veach that much because I feel like at some point, like, you know, you're not – you're human. You're not perfect. Like, you know, the, and, and he drafted Rice. Like, he did draft Rasheed Rice. Veach whiffed on the receivers this offseason. I don't think anybody would agree with that or disagree with that. I'm sorry. He whiffed on the off at receiver. He didn't whiff totally. They, they brought in some very good defensive players, all the rest of it. But, yeah. I mean, I, I do think it's fair. I do think that it's fair to say Veach whiffed in free agency on the receivers. He didn't add much, and here you have it, okay? I also think it's fair to say that everywhere else, I think he had a pretty good offseason. They drafted well. They drafted. They, you know, they, they, they had some nice signings on the defensive side. Ameta, who's been very good. Trangle's been very good. Edwards has been good. Like, I, I think the biggest thing, the Juwan Taylor signing to this point looks like a train wreck. Fair enough. I think Veach in a private moment would tell you that. And with the receivers, look, they, they nailed the draft pick. They whiffed in free agency. I'm not going to sit here and crush a guy who I think has done a hell of a job. But, like, yes, obviously they did not do a nice job uh, in free agency in, in, in evaluating these receivers. We get a super chat from Jesu Perez. Verter, I mean, he wants you to grade the left tackle play, Wanya Morris. Also, before I do that, and I am going to do that, I don't know who's watching this Bears-Browns game. The Bears just dropped a Hail Mary right in Darnell Mooney's hands. By the way, I guess now he's future chief after that play. He ball hit He was laying on the ground. I'm watching the replay of this. He's laying on the ground. The ball is on his stomach, and he dropped it and then kicked it up in the air, and it got picked off. <laughs> uh, wow. I mean, that is crazy. That is crazy. I am sorry, guys. All right. As far as uh, Wanya Morris, absolutely. I thought he played well. I mean, obviously, I haven't been able to watch the film yet. I thought he was good in his run blocking. I thought overall he he did a nice job. He gave up the one sack, and Uche is a good player. Okay, that's a guy it's tough to deal with. I thought on the whole, I thought he played well. I thought he played well. Now, again, I'd like to go back and have the time to like actually watch the, the film because sometimes you see some different things. I thought overall, very nice job. I mean, this is a kid who's, what is this, his second start? So third real action in a game. I thought he did a nice job. Yeah, um, I just saw that play by Moody. Unbelievable. Right in his gut. Like, how did you not catch that? Earlier in that game, Fields was running around and threw an absolute beauty to Robert Tunyon. Oh. And he just dropped it. It was wide open. Well, nice to throw to show here. Yeah, just, um, yeah, the Bears are, uh, you know, Fields has been up and down, but he certainly can't seem to catch a break sometime with his supporting cast. So, Houston just won on a walk-off 54-yard field goal on the final play of overtime. Houston. They beat him in there. there. With Case, With Case Keenum. Keenum. They yeah. win. Well, you got a log jam now looking for that wild card spot. Um, it's 19-16. Yeah. Uh, are the Bengals going to make the playoffs? It's tough. They're going to lose a lot of breakers. I mean, that's why this Bills game. This Bills game's huge. By the way, I'm going to need you to uh, just, just wax poetic about something here. For a few minutes, as I uh, just got to bang out this, uh, this uh, I got to update this little recap here. Yeah, yeah, no uh, problem. Um, all right, so let's <laughs> let's get to the defensive side of the ball uh, and let us know what you think about how the defense played in the chat. I was very happy with. I know people started to freak out a little bit early in the game with the Patriots, but I, I really think once they got out of their scripted plays, once they ran out of tricks that the Chiefs weren't ready for. It was a lot. If you watched their game last week against the Steelers, it was very much the same thing. Zappy looked good in the first half, got a couple you know, passes to Hunter Henry, who nobody's worried about, all due respect to, to Hunter Henry. Nobody's worried about Hunter Henry beating them. And, uh, and then in the second half, they just kind of fell apart. And it was really it was the same in this game um, with the Chiefs defense. So if you look at the possessions in this game, um, you know, in the first half, the Patriots get a touchdown, and then they get the, inter- the 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 interception. They were able to score in the second half. I mean, the Chiefs pretty much shut them down. They had drives of uh, uh, that was the end of the half there. But they had let's see, uh, one play interception, five plays punt, three plays punt, three plays punt, three plays punt, two plays touchdown. That was after the the Kadarius Tony disaster, and then four plays downs. And that, and then it was over. Um, so the Chiefs base, the Chiefs defense basically shut them out in this game, with the exception of two plays after the Kadarius Tony uh, play, which was an 11-yard catch. 
by Demario Douglas, and then uh, Harris ran up the middle for 18 yards. We all know how the Chiefs run defense is. But if you're looking for a little bit of a silver lining on the run defense, and I know they were going against Ezekiel Elliott in this game, but he had 11 carries for 25 yards. So the Chiefs did a good job of bottling him up, struggled a little bit with Hunter Henry, but that was pretty much it. Uh, they were all over Zappy in the second half of this game. Um, pulling up the box score here for you. They hit him six times. They had five pass defenses, seven tackles for a loss, four sacks in this game. Uh, Legereus Sneed, another terrific game by him, two tackles for a loss. Um, just Justin Reed had a tackle for a loss. On the sack department, you got Naughty, who had a nice game. Jalen Watson, by the way, that Jalen Watson sack, if you go back and you watch that, he did a really nice job of anticipating Zappy spinning out of the sack. He didn't get too uh, too aggressive and then get Olaid. If you watch, he came in, slowed his feet, made the play, got the sack. Uh, so that was a nice play by him. Uh, Drew Tranquil, back in action, gets you a sack. And then Charles O'Menehu with another sack. So terrific, terrific game for the Chiefs as they go in and, and, and they're going to be playing an inspired Raiders team next week. Get a couple more Super Chats to get to uh, from AJ. You guys good at reading lips? If so, what did Mahomes say after uh, the pick Tony dropped? I definitely saw a God damn it from him. And you, look, there, things are reaching a boiling point with Patrick Mahomes. When those kinds of plays happen – he'll usually he'll look frustrated. He'll go over to the sideline. You might even see him slam his helmet, particularly if it was his fault. But this was a play where he threw a perfect ball, hit Tony in the hands. He bobbles it. You saw Pat throw his arms up on the field and he's not going to be, he's not the kind of guy, at least publicly, who's going to yell at his teammates like that. But he goes over to the, the bench and he's just clearly frustrated in a game that they're winning. Because he's out there playing well, except for one mistake, and he just can't get any help. And so you do have to ask yourself at a certain point, is if you're Andy Reid, are you going to have a conversation with Patrick Mahomes and say, hey, listen, um, you know, Patrick, what do you want to do here? Because if Mahomes really doesn't trust Kadarius Tony, if Mahomes is afraid to throw the ball to Kadarius Tony, that's not good for the Chiefs offense, and that's not good for Patrick Mahomes. Because what's going to happen is he's going to make more mistakes because he's he's going to he's going to pass up the plays that are there to try to make other plays, or he's going to hesitate, and that's going to lead to sacks, strip sacks, more interceptions. So I really do think it's on Andy Reid to go talk with Patrick Mahomes and be like, look, we've we've had a great partnership here, you and me. We've won a couple Super Bowls. Lock ourselves in a room. Who do you want to play with? And that's who we're playing with. That's what we're going with the rest of the way. I, I honestly do think it should be 100% Patrick's call. Would you agree, Verderam? I would. Thank you. Appreciate the uh, few minutes where I needed that. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's the one throwing it to him. He's the one who's got who's to deal with this. I mean, let's be honest. Like, And I know, look, I don't think it – Drives him crazy statistics, but like he's a competitor. I'm sure it drives him nuts. Like some of these picks are just ridiculous. I mean, it's at some point, if you're the coach, whether you're Reed, even if you're Nagy, I mean, it, it's got to be a question of like, all right, Pat, I mean, who do you trust? Do you trust anybody outside of Rashid Rice and Travis Kelsey? Because if you don't, maybe we go more two tight ends. Maybe we do some other things. I mean, I, I think at some juncture you do reach like it is what it is. I mean, you've got to you've got to put out the guys. You got to put them on the field that trust, or excuse me, that have the trust of Mahomes. Otherwise, what are you doing? I mean, if he's not going to throw the ball to them, if he doesn't trust them, then there's no point, right? I mean, there's no point. So that is, in my eyes, where this thing has to go. You've got to start figuring out, okay. Who is he willing to throw the ball to with some anticipation? Because if he's not willing to do that, then the guy's useless. I mean, you just can't play him. Yeah. So, yes, I totally agree. And they can't get in any kind of rhythm. Tone says, Tone in the chat, Tone B says, he read Mahomes saying, we're not reporting this. This is this is an inter a lip-reading interpretation that Mahomes said every fucking time, man, 
after that play. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, that was as visibly frustrated with a teammate as I as I can recall seeing him. Because in general, he'll exhibit frustration, but there's no other way to interpret that situation. Uh, it was 100% Kadarius Tony's fault, and his frustration was 100% at Kadarius Tony. Um, we talked about this for him after the last game. Would you cut him? Like, would you just say, you know what? Like, you are literally doing more harm than good to our football team, and we're just going to take you out of the equation. Well, if they cut him, it's obviously post-June 1, uh, they would eat whatever whatever they – I mean, yeah. if they cut him, like, before the year started, before point four, So now it's, you know, whatever the proration of that is. Next year is 2.5. I don't know if I'd cut him. I, I, I'd probably just sit him on the bench. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't know you're going to have any, any ability to trade him, so maybe I'd cut him. I'll tell you who I would cut. I'd, I'd cut Sky Moore. I'd cut Sky Moore tonight. They they would eat almost nothing in dead cap. They'd really save no money either, but next year they save 1.6 if they – if they. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Um, they wouldn't save any money, but they'd eat almost nothing if they cut him this year. Next year, if they were to cut him right now – They'd save 1.2 million next year and eat 467 grand. Like, I mean, Chiefs fans will start a Kickstarter to pay the 467 in dead money, right? right. I mean, yeah. I, I would cut him. I would cut him, and I would nail Tony to the bench. But I don't think they're gonna. They're just gonna keep playing these guys, and I, you know, it's it's infuriating. Derek Watson, thank you for the super chat. Wants to know. At what point do we sit? Do you, do you consider signing Deshaun Jackson? I assume that's who you mean, or God forbid, To. This is where we're at, Verram. To. <laughs> People are like, "What's To doing? Can he still play?" I mean, I'll tell you right now, Deshaun Jackson. I'd sign him tonight, and I don't even think he's got anything left. I'd still sign him. I'd still sign him. It's insane. I, I, I cannot remember on a good team. I can't remember. By the Bills, by the way, we're going to have to kick a field goal, and they just called roughing the passer on Dallas deep in, ter- in the red zone. I just want to see—is this a decent call? This—he uh, hit him kind of late. Allen also gets an Academy Award on that one, but he hit him late enough. I'm not going to—it's probably a call you're going to get. Um, all right, yeah. I mean, look—I don't know what you do. Like this is just this is the worst group of receivers on a good team I've seen in a long time. And this is. Like you're completely incapable of playing football. I yeah. mean, it. Your basic, basic, basic job is what as a receiver? Just catch football. Can't it's in the name. Can't do it. Can't do it. I just completely incapable. It's brutal. What do you say to the people? And I saw a lot of this today. Who are, who are like, I, one person literally said, I I tweeted out a joke rankings of the Chiefs wide receivers, and of course Kelsey was at the top, and Rasheed Rice was second, and one guy said. Rasheed Rice is better than Kelsey. And I saw another person in the chat earlier say, Kelsey's done. Can you talk those people off the ledge a little bit? Kelsey's not done. He's going to have 1,100 yards over 100 catches. Like, come on. He's not done. It's a bad drop. It's a real bad drop. But it's not done. I mean, the the guy's been double and tripled every play. Buffalo, by the way, touchdown. They just took half the quarter and scored. Um, No, he's not done. I mean, he's... 34 years old, and he looks like he's not 28 anymore. But I mean, he's still a great player. He's still the best tight end in football by a pretty wide margin. Who, who are you taking over him? For all those people, who are you taking over him? Yeah. Who do you want? Because I bet you're going to have a real hard time coming up with the answer. Yeah. And look, I mean, we've talked about this on the show before, too, this season a lot. That drop by him, it, it stinks, but it's, it's everything that everything that happens bad that that goes wrong for the chiefs offensively is so magnified because they have no margin for error. So, you know, if this was last year and Kelsey dropped that, you wouldn't be freaking out. You wouldn't be tweeting Kelsey's done. You'd just be like, Oh oh, man, that's a tough one. You know, you'd give Kelsey the mulligan because he's Kelsey. But this year you're like, no man, we need you to make every single play, every single play. You can't ever fumble. You can't ever drop a pass. You can't ever run a bad route. 
because we can't afford it. We literally, it's the same thing with the Mahomes interception. He shouldn't have thrown that ball. It was a bad decision, but it's, it's in a, in a game where Tony doesn't give the team an interception and where you don't have these stupid penalties and all these things, the chiefs score 35 or 36 points. You don't care. You're like, Oh yeah, Mahomes threw three touchdowns or four touchdowns in this game. And he threw one bad interception who gives a shit. But in, but in this, if they're playing a good team in this game, they're in trouble. I mean, this is the thing. They're they're actually good enough that they had all these stupid things happen on the road against Bill Belichick, and they still won by 10 points. They still won by 10 points, and we're sitting here complaining in the postgame show. That's how messed up this team is right now. It's really hard to, to watch them on offense and feel confident. I mean, it feels really, really, really hard Watching this offense, going, yeah, I think I think it's good. I think it's good. I feel good about it. Like, I love the running backs. I love the maturation of Rice's point. Kelsey's great. Got Mahomes, obviously. Like, how? I mean, as a unit, they don't have anybody at receiver who you feel confident in outside of Rice. Even Rice will drop balls and fumble the ball. I mean, it's just, again, at some point, at some point, like, it is incumbent on the head coach to just put his foot down and say it's enough, and you're not playing anymore. Make him inactive. Make him inactive. Activate Washington, activate Justin Ross, and just make him inactive. This idea that they just can't do that is just bull. They can do it, but they won't do it. Because they just can't accept the fact these guys can't play. I And I, I don't want to hear, well, you know, they look good in practice. I don't give a damn what he looks like in practice. Can't catch. I mean, it's a joke. They are incapable of doing the job asked of them. Stop playing them. Stop playing them. And as far as Gonzo asking, my thoughts on Andy and Patrick's fine. They deserve to be fine. They whined about a call that was obviously correct. They deserve to be fine. And they knew they were going to get fined. They, they, they were fine with that. They, you know, whatever. But like, it was a correct call. Tony, again, can't stop beating them, the team and was egregiously in the neutral zone. And by the way, very Chiefs fans like, well, they only called against the Chiefs. No, nope, they called it on Thursday night against the Chargers. Like, they call it. And it's been called, I believe, nine times this year, eight or nine times. It's been called. So, like, look, at some point, you got to take accountability. And if you're the coach, you got to just put your foot down. Don't do it. I will say that some of the people that talked about it not being called did have, and I'm not the chiefs. It was on the chiefs, but a lot of those calls this season have been on offensive linemen and not, it's only been a couple of times on receivers, but that's beside the point. He was still over the line. Um, actually interesting question here. And thank you for the super chat from, from Michael Trigg. Is there anything outside the box the chiefs can do to solve the wide receiver issue scheme, should the tight ends get even more targets? You know, I think that's what Andy's trying to do. Have you noticed the amount of screens and that they're calling bubble screens? They have to. They got to play like they did when they had Alex Smith. You're right. Yeah. Not, none of these guys can can get open worth worth the damn downfield, except for Watson, to his credit, who actually is a pretty good route runner down the field. The rest of these guys can't do anything. Forget about it. So, no, I think you have to. Um, you have to play like this. They don't have the choice. They have to play like this. Yeah, I'm with you. And at a certain point, maybe that opens up something down the field for a guy like Watson uh, or a guy like Kelsey as they transition into the style of play. But there's really, yeah, running the football, taking care of the football, and being absolutely ruthlessly efficient. Uh, Tristan asked Patrick, your thoughts on Sky Moore? I, I don't think he should play another snap for the Chiefs. And look, Sky Moore seems like a nice kid. And I hope he figures it out, whether it's with the Chiefs or somebody else. But at this point, you have to go based on what you're seeing. And what you're seeing, look, he's a second-round pick. Rasheed Rice is a second-round pick. There you go. That's, that's all you need to know. One of them is a rookie and is, is going to have the, 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 the most catches by a, a Chiefs wide receiver rookie ever. And the other one has regressed from his rookie season. When he's on the field – and the ball gets thrown to him, bad things seem to happen. And that's when he's actually thrown to because most of the time he's not open. So he's just not good. He's not good. Right now he is not good. Maybe that changes. Maybe, it, you know, we've seen guys. There, there is a brawl 
in this oh. Bills Cowboys game right Ooh. now. Some guy, I honestly couldn't tell the number. Somebody on Buffalo came flying in when Prescott was giving himself up, and he didn't hit him. He went over him to his credit. But boy, that could have been a really ugly hit. I don't know what he was doing. It was rap. It was Taylor Rap. It was a reserve safety for Buffalo. And to his credit, he didn't. I don't think if he made contact, it was slight. But boy, Dallas was, I think, justifiably pissed. I, I don't blame him. I mean, I don't rap rap came in way late. Way late. And then Dallas wasn't having it. Now I don't know. There's flags all over the place. I'm assuming it's offsetting, I would think, unless they just got rap. Anyway, I know we're talking about the Chiefs. But I just all of a sudden I looked over and there's a fist fight going on. There's a personal foul on Buffalo. And a personal foul on Dallas. It's offsetting after the play. Okay. Anyway, sorry. It, I just saw, saw like a twenty-man brawl going on <laughs> in the sideline. No worries. All right. So let's let's talk about um, let's talk about the defense a little bit. Legere Sneed with another stellar yep. performance. If you're looking at the if you're looking at keeping Legereus Sneed or letting Trey Smith walk, who do you choose? You're keeping Legereus Sneed. Yeah. I mean, he's a playing at an all-pro level corner, and Trey Smith is a right guard who's a good player, but not like a Pro Bowl-level player. Like I, I mean, the big question is going to be, what are they doing with him and Chris Jones? And more and more and more as the year goes on, the more I'd say, look, I, I think the absolute highest Chris Jones, but I would keep Snape at this point. Yeah. I would keep him. He's younger. He's younger. He's not going to cost as much. I mean, that, that's what I would do. Now, I'm not going to argue with anybody who says, hey, Jones is a you know first battle Hall of Fame type player. I'm like, how could you say that? That's fine. I get that. But I... I, because of the amount of money, because of the youth, um, and w- what seems to be an ascending, ascending player, ascension out of out of Snead, I would keep him. He's going to be preposterously expensive after this season. Uh, but I mean, even let's say he is right. So yeah. let's let's say he makes twenty million a year. That's still a lot less than Chris Jones is making. Yeah, you know. I mean, it's still a hell of a lot less. And I just – I think they have something special with him and McDuffie. When you're that dominant on the outside and that versatile, because they can both play inside, they can both tackle, they can both blitz. Like, for my money, I, I would I would keep that together. I would keep that together. And I, I hate losing Jones, but, like, I think you got more good years ahead out of Snead than you do out of Chris Jones. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, all right, let's 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 give out some hardware here. Uh, who earned their arrowheads? Let us know in the chat. You can do one player, you can do two, however many you want. Who earned arrowheads from you in this game? Verran, why don't you kick us off? Um well look, I, I think I'll go to the defensive side and I'm going to take a guy who look, was not incredible in this game, but he was good. And I, I it's kind of more of like a season-long thing. Leo Chanel's played really, really well. Mm-hmm. Really well. I was so impressed. You know, early in that game, it's third and one. And they brought him off the edge. And he's unblocked on a blitz. And a lot of guys would just put their heads down and just run as hard as they could and try to kill the quarterback. And Chanel recognized it's third and one. His ball's probably going to come out quick. And just put his hands up and knock the ball down. And it's a little thing, right? You look at a guy, you know, okay, you know, it's a pass defense. It killed the drive. Like, I think he's been great in this this year's defense in so many different ways. So I know he's not the flashy guy. There's plenty of other guys who could point to, but I'll give it to him. Yeah, and, and, and honorable mention to Mike Dana, who if you saw the Chiefs put out a video this week where they talked about yeah, was you know, who, who was the most underrated player on the defense, and everybody was like, it's Mike Dana. He uh, I can't remember who said it, but somebody said, you know, he's always where he's supposed to be, always knows his assignment. Uh, he's a guy I hope they can find a way to bring back because I think he's one of those he's one of those just glue guys that really makes everything work. But as far as an arrowhead that I'm going to give out in this one, look, I'm going to go to the offensive side of the ball and I'm going to give one to Clyde Edwards Alaire. Uh, not not great. Jaw-dropping day from him on the ground. He only averaged 2.8 yards per carry. We talked about this on Thursday. This was a very good, very good New England Patriots uh, run defense. The Chiefs weren't trying to run very much at the beginning of the game at all. He did break off a couple nice runs here and there when the Chiefs did it. And then a, a lot of that 
uh, was at the end of the game when they were just trying to, to run out the clock. But he also caught four balls for 64 yards in this game, caught an incredible touchdown pass, had a 48-yard catch and run on four targets. Is, is Clyde Edwards suddenly living up to his draft stock? No, no. But no. he's he's showing that he's an NFL player. He belongs on the field. It's probably not going to be in Kansas City, but you know he's uh, like a Damian Williams type of guy who can come in and do some nice things for you. And he really he built the Chiefs out in this game. They needed they needed some help with Pacheco out, and they don't want to run Jarek McKinnon into the ground, which they did not. So I'm giving him an arrowhead, and then I, you got to give one to Rasheed Rice, man. I mean, what would they do without Rasheed Rice right now? Like you think Whoa. it's bad and ugly now. What if he? What if he has? You know, instead of having a season like Sky Moore did last year, instead of what he's doing this year. Yes. No. Listen, it's been it's been you know, it's been tremendous. Um, Edwards Alaire played great today. He has been great today, or he was great today, I should say. Like, the, I mean, I don't think you can ask any more out of what he's given them with Pacheco being out. Now Pacheco might come back this week. That'd be great, but you got to give him a lot of credit. You've got to give him a lot of credit. He, for all and God knows, I've been one of the guys who's just been killing him. He's played really well. And, and so right now, I mean, your offense is being scotch taped together. And, uh, you know, Edwards Allaire and Rice, and I mean, they, they've been the driving forces. I mean, they, they've had to be because nobody else can do anything. So as we look ahead here, the Chiefs are now currently the three seed. There's obviously some games that need to play and, and need to happen. Uh, Baltimore is the one. Miami is the two. Those two play each other, I believe, next week. Is that correct? Or is that two weeks from now? Baltimore next week is in San Francisco on Christmas night. Oh, that's right. right. And Miami plays Dallas, right? Dallas. Yes. So those are two, and then they play each other. Correct. That, so those are two huge games if you're a Chiefs fan. You're rooting for you know you're you're rooting for the for the other guys next week. If Baltimore and Miami both lose and then they play each other, you should be rooting for Miami because yeah. the Chiefs have the breaker against Miami. Um, right now they they do have a sli- they do have a slightly better record than than the Ravens in the conference. So um, yeah, you're going to want Miami to to take them well, down. I mean, right now for the Chiefs, I'll pull it up real quick. Um, the New York Times is this thing that's actually pretty interesting. It like kind of, it's basically like a you know a a, a model of whether or not, um, like like how how good your team is doing, whether or not they can make the playoffs and stuff like that. So like right now, for example, the Chiefs are ninety nine percent to win the division. They're twenty one percent to get a bye. Eleven percent to go to the Super Bowl. Okay, uh, all those numbers are the highest in the AFC except for Baltimore. But so if if Baltimore loses tonight. Their chance at a bye week goes down to 36%. Um, and so Kansas City would basically be like in a virtual heat with them. I mean, it's it's just one of those things where if you look at it, like you you look and go, all right, well, the Chiefs have a real shot. But what they really need, they really need Jacksonville to win tonight. If Jacksonville wins tonight, the Chiefs have a very, very real shot. Um, if they don't, it's not possible, it becomes harder. As you look at the Chiefs' schedule here, they play on Christmas Day, they play on New Year's Eve, and then they play the husk of the the Chargers, who might actually be in a better a better position now that Staley has been fired. Um, yeah, that might be true. I mean, the Raiders certainly are a better team without Josh McDaniels. The Chiefs have games here. Th- these are all games they should win. Yes, they know, are. Now, whether they win them, God only knows, but yes, I agree with you. You know – you look at this Raiders team, they're still playing really hard for their interim coach. Yes. And you look at Cincinnati. Now, I don't know what's going on with Jamar Chase. He, he had, I think he separated his shoulder. Um, so we'll find out if he's, you know, what they're going to do with him in a lost season. They may be a little bit more careful. But you got T. Higgins, who is, you know, he's going to be a free agent, he hopes. And uh, he is balling out. Jake Browning is not afraid to throw the ball down the field. Cincinnati is still showing some fight, and they're in the playoff race. Could you see the Chiefs drop in one of these games? Yes. Yeah. I, I, I mean, if you said to me, Cowboys is three and out at Buffalo, um, do, I, do, do I think they'll lose a game? No. 
I will say this. Look, now maybe this comes back and it bites me in the ass. But here's how I honestly feel. I don't think they'll lose to the Raiders. I just don't. I, I don't think the Raiders are good enough to beat the Chiefs. And the Chargers are just – the Chiefs would almost have to donate that game to lose to them. I, I just don't see it. The Bengals game is the game you look at and go, hey, one thing about the Bengals, you know they're going to want to win that game. And they're fighting for a playoff spot. I mean, they're 8-6, and six, and they got a winnable game this week against Pittsburgh. Like, they could very well be 9-6 and six going into that game. They are going to want to play. Browning's played well. Um, I, I, if you said to me, do I think Kansas City wins? Yes. Is it possible they lose? Oh, yeah. So, I think they will win out, but they scare the hell out of you. And so, who the hell knows? Then two of the last three are at home, and the third game is essentially a home game because nobody goes to the Chargers games unless they're a road fan. I think the Chiefs will win out. But, you know, is there a way they lose? Sure. We had a great comment from uh, from Blake Jarvis in the chat. Raiders should just call their head coach their interim coach, and they'll end every season with a winning record. Pretty much every Raiders coach is an interim coach. It's amazing, too. If you read, like, some of the stuff coming out of the Raiders beat, there's a lot of thought that Gruden might be the head coach again there. I've heard that, yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Like, wh- what? Why? Oh, I mean, as someone, like, if you're a Chiefs fan, my God, please, like, make John Gruden the head coach again. It's just incredible. They just have no original thought at all. So, yeah, bring him back. Okay, have fun. Yeah, who did they do that with? There was another coach that they that they, they coached them like back in the '90s. They oh, fired. Archel, they did it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, yeah Archel. Um, so I'm gonna do this probably every week for the rest of the season, you've heard of him, um, yeah. that, that you're on the show. Right now, as we sit here on what the holiday is, it? it's December 17th, Sunday, December 17th, with three games to go. How does the Chiefs season end and where? Or when, I should, I should say. Um, I think it ends in the AFC playoffs. Um. It depends. If they are the one seed, which it could be, then maybe they find their way to the Super Bowl. If they're not that, I don't know. They'll lose in Baltimore, you know, in the AFC title game. They'll lose to Buffalo. I mean, I you know, it's it's hard to have a lot of confidence that this team's gonna rip off three or four games in a row. It's just hard. I mean, I, I will say this though, I will add this. I know it's easy to just discount them right now. I would not discount this thing. They are a championship team. They've won two out of the last four. They're the best quarterback in the world. They had a really good defense. Like nobody's lining up to play them. Right. Nobody's like, hey, you know who we want? The Chiefs. So I look, do I think they're gonna win it all right now? No. Would I discount them being able to do it? No, I wouldn't. And I'll tell you right now, if you made me bet my mortgage, I think they probably I, – I think they're more likely to get the Super Bowl than anybody else in the AFC. But with that said, I have a hard time picking them to just win a bunch of games right now. I got to see them play better, and they haven't played better. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. I think right now – and we'll just keep doing this. Right now, I still think they're going to make it to the AFC Championship game. But that's as far as I, I think they'll go because I just don't think that they play sound enough football to – win the close games that we've seen them win in the past, like last year, beating the Bengals and the AFC. Right. Like they just, they're going to make too many mistakes. And that means even if they do get by a team like the bills, if they run into them and get to the AFC championship game, the idea that they're going to string together two games like that is, is, is hard to believe. Um, you know, there, it is a little bit different in the playoffs. Everyone's empty in the clip. And the Chiefs clip with Steve Spagnuolo and Andy Reid is a, is a lot bigger than a lot of these other coaches. Yeah. No, it's true. I mean, like I see, uh, you know, the chat, you know, Michael says your confidence doesn't matter. They're four or five plays away from being a one-loss team. Yeah, hey, Michael, I got news for you. I mean, I'm, I'm also like three or four losses away at the blackjack table from buying a new car. But, you know, that that's a problem with that. You know, you lose enough times, you you don't win money. Right? Like, I, no offense, I'm not pointing it out at you in particular. I hate when people say that. It drives me nuts. Well, you know, if this and if that and if this and if that, yeah, sure, great. That's great. But all those things happen because that's part of who they've been this year. Right. 
I mean, to sit there and be like, well, you know, if they didn't have all those drops, they didn't have all those turnovers, and they didn't have all those penalties, they'd be a one, they'd be the one seed. Well, no kidding. I mean, if if Baltimore didn't lose ridiculous games earlier in the year, if Buffalo could count to eleven and not twelve, they wouldn't be in the position there. But guess what? They couldn't count to eleven, and they made a bunch of mistakes. I mean, you could sit there and say it about every team. Buffalo could be undefeated if they stopped beating themselves, but they've been doing it all year long. Nobody's saying that in this chat about them, right? Like, they are what they are. They are what they are until proven otherwise. I just finished saying, I'm not burying them. They could win the Super Bowl. But, like, to sit there and just be like, well, they, you know, they didn't make all these mistakes. But that's who they've been. Yeah. That's who they've been this year. I mean, if Canarius Tony could catch a pass, he'd be a good receiver, but he hasn't. So. It's just what it is. Come on. I mean, I'm not – and again, the AFC is wide open right now. That's the hope you hold on to. It's also the hope you hold on to that they're very good defensively. They got the quarterback, all the rest of it. But to just deny the fact that, like, this hasn't been a massive, overwhelming problem, of course it has. It's why they have five losses. They are 9-5. and That indicates they have a lot of strengths. It also indicates they have some weaknesses. That's who they are. That's what they've been. This is where they sit. Yeah, you know, if I had more muscle mass, thicker hair, uh, a, a stronger jaw and straighter teeth, that'd be Bradley Cooper. Uh, you're right there. Right there, man. Um, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. And you're right. We've got to judge them based on how they've been this year. And in previous years, they've taken better care of the football. They have been more fundamentally sound. And in those in those years, they've lost three or four games. This is not one of those years. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. Um, Michael says, you have a big voice for the Chiefs and we need to trend this rhetoric around. No, no, no. See, listen, we're not the source. It's not my job. Right. My job is to be honest about them. Yeah. I'm not a cheerleader. I'm honest. And we're not the source of the Chiefs problems. We are reacting to the Chiefs problems. If we sit here and say, hey, they're going to turn it around. Don't worry. It'll all work out fine. That's not going to have any, that that might make, make some of the fans feel better. But it's not going to make the Chiefs any better on the football field. That's got to come from them. And uh, and 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 what we hope to do <laughs> when you come here is that we provide you with unfiltered, straightforward, honest analysis of the team, our opinion, and then maybe makes you feel better because I'm, I know a lot of you are sitting at home right now after a win and you're annoyed at that, just like we are. Um, so that's what we try to do here. But look, we appreciate it. We. Look, as soon as they start playing well, if you've watched the show more than just today, you'll know we'll be the first ones to to flip and start telling you where they could go because we know the talent that they have. So if they put together three games here where they stop turning the ball over, they stop getting stupid penalties, they catch the ball, they're efficient on offense, and they keep playing defense like they they, they have been, I guarantee you Verran will be sitting here before a playoff game saying, I think, I think they're going to win. I think they're going to go to the Super Bowl. And again – I'm not paid to sit here and be a cheerleader. I'm paid to be honest. I mean, if you're if you want to sit here and say, hey, look, be positive, wave pom-poms, talk to me about how great they are, go watch somebody else talk about the Chiefs. I'm not going to do that. If they play well, I'll give them all the props in the world. They're not playing well. They're not. Not offensively. Not defensively they are. Offensively they're not. I mean, the standard for that team is the standard. It's the Super Bowl. It's not going to the divisional round. You want to talk about if you want to change the standards to the divisional round, great. Let's all throw a party. But I tell you right now, they're losing the divisional round. Not one person's going to be in this chat going, hey, they had a great year. They didn't have a good year. Not by their standards. Ten years ago, throw a parade if they win a playoff game. Yeah. It's not good enough. I, you, I, want, I you want that to change? Go tell them to play better. It's not my problem. I'm not out there dropping the ball. I'm not out there playing Sky more left and right. I mean, tell me what I see. That's it. Period. Play better. And uh, I will leave you with this: if you want, if you want a silver lining, you want something positive. They're going to win the AFC West. Yes. They're going to go to the playoffs. You get three more, uh, four more, guaranteed games to watch Patrick Mahomes play football, to watch Travis Kelsey play football, and to watch Andy Reid coach football. That's all you're guaranteed right now. But that's pretty damn good. There's a lot of fans out there. Uh, who would bend over backwards to be in our position to get to watch these guys do what they do for four more weeks at least um, and to have gone on the ride that we've gone with them for the last few years. And this is going to be a good football team for years to come. 
they're almost certainly going to be better next year than they than they are this year. So there's a lot of things to be happy about. And as we enter the holiday season, try to enjoy as much as you can. As, as grumpy as we all are about the way that they've been performing, there's a lot to like. There's a lot to be excited about. Wanya Morris, Legarius Snead, Trent McDuffie, uh, Omenihue, George Karloff is coming along. Like yeah. there's a lot to be Rasheed yeah. Rice. There's a lot to be excited about. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I, no, I, no, defensively. What else could you ask for defensively? I mean, they, they've been spectacular. How many bad games have they had this year defensively? One with the Packers? And even that game, they gave them a bunch of chances at the end to win it. I think, I think listen, the Chiefs defensively have been excellent. I think the Chiefs as a whole have been really good, except for these receivers, but the receivers are so bad, they're killing them. Yeah, uh, and that is the way it is. So, listen, um, we'll be back next week. We'll have some shows for you. I don't think we're going to do a post-game show on Christmas because, you know, it's Christmas. I'm not um, doing a post-game show on Christmas. <laughs> right now, um, but don't worry. We'll, we'll, we'll break it down all for you. Uh, we'll get you ready for the game, all that stuff. Um, so we'll have some shows next week. But if uh, if we don't see you, please have a, a, a really Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, a Happy Holidays, whatever you're celebrating. If you're not celebrating anything at all, enjoy the rest of the football this weekend. And uh, we will see you next week for some of our early week shows. For Matt Verderam, for producer Richard and all the all the fellas, Matt Connor, Sterling Holmes from earlier in the in the in the day here. Uh, we appreciate all your support. Shout out to all of our members. We'll talk to you soon. But until then, as always, go Chiefs. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.